We're judging the world and saying what sucks. We're reviews. Versus the world. Oh my. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, welcome to well, with that. Welcome to this week's well, this month's podcast. We're doing it a little bit early, and that's because we wanted to get this out in time for I don't know some movie that's coming out this week. Pop Art Two. Close. Yes. Very close. <laughs> Superheroes, you know, Paul Blart could be considered by some to be a superhero. They'd be wrong. Yes, but, they would be. But, but, but they, they, they can the consider. The point stands. He's a hero for those who are weight challenged. <laughs> Actually, I would say weight gifted. <laughs> there you go. Alright, so I thought I'd give us a little bit of time for all of us to just go around the table and talk about ourselves and what we've been into that's a little bit geeky this month. And we're going to start off with our Boy Scout lost in time who has a hard time asking girls on dates, Stephen. <laughs> so, I've been a bit behind on this particular television show. I'm going to name off a couple of items that are featured very prominently in a single season of this show. And I'm going to see if our listeners can guess what show I'm talking about by the end of the list. If one of us guesses, mm. can we say it or do we have to wait? You have to wait. I'll raise my hand. Okay. <laughs> And people in podcast line will notice when Emily raises her hand. It's true. It happens. So, single season of a television show features superheroes, vampires, massive explosive Dragon Ball Z style fight sequences, a five-part acapella harmony musical number, and a special appearance by guest star Weird Al. Wow, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego at weird? <laughs> now you know that out there in podcast land, somebody is sitting there and saying, well, you fool, you made it too obvious. You are, of course, referring to My Little Pony Friendship is Magic Season 4. <laughs> <laughs> and you would be right. <laughs> I am behind on this show. They are in the middle of their fifth season at the moment. Um, but I just got my Season 4 DVD from Amazon, and it is spectacular. Seriously, Dragon Ball Z style fighting with ponies. Never seen that before. It was amazing. Also, Weird Al has a guest spot as a party planning pony named Cheese Sandwich. Oh <laughs> and they give him a musical number with the accordion. Which is like the best use of your Weird Al possible. I've seen other cartoons that don't do that and they have Weird Al on them. It's ridiculous. I'm looking at you, Adventure Time. Wait, was he on Adventure Time? He was on Adventure Time. He was the banana man. He says, woo, a lot. Mm -hmm. Oh. Really? I knew George Takei. It's a terrible appearance of Weird Al. Terrible. That sounds terrible. Yeah, My Little Pony knows how to use their Weird Al. And that's about the highest endorsement I can give any single television show. As a side note, a fairly decent use of Weird Al, Gallivant. <laughs> I imagine yeah. that. But, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm one of only like five people who actually watch that. I want to, but I'm procrastinating, and I've been doing that with every show that I'm supposed to watch this season. So <laughs> I don't have time for television. I cry at night because of it. Netflix? <laughs> All right, our next podcaster is a billionaire genius playboy philanthropist. Except for the billionaire, except for you know the billionaire playboy and philanthropist parts. <laughs> yes, I'm still calling you a genius. Well, that it's was, Aldo. He probably yeah, still yeah, has yeah, playboys yeah. though, so that's kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're the Japanese ones. <laughs> oh, called Happy Super Sugoi Time. Uh, <laughs> sugoi means cool in Japan. It's what they, it's what the hip Japanese kids say. Sugoi. Anyways, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
What have I been into? I've been uh, been catching up on my comics. So I've been reading uh, Spider Verse, uh, Batman. Um, catching up on some completed series like The Wake, which is a really cool story by Scott Snyder. I did a uh, review of Justice Friday on The Wake. So was, that's that was, amazing, by the way. I love yeah, that. Yeah, great. The guy that uh, drew that also drew a series, made a whole series called uh, Punk Rock Jesus about them cloning Jesus in the future and him being a teenager and kind of what it would be like for him to grow up now. But it's kind of messed up because it's a nature versus nurture thing. Anyways, but it's really, really interesting. Um, also, just kind of rewatching uh, Dragon Ball Z because of the Kai series and because they're almost done with it, uh, which is them taking the whole series and cutting out all the filler. So it's going from, I hint, like... 300 and something episodes down to like 130. That which is how much crap they put in it to extend it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a lot of commercials for trading cards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but apart from that, just kind of playing video games. I got um, Grand Theft Auto V, so I've been playing that on the PC. And oh my gosh, I forgot what a great game that was. And that is, I am done. Very Ooh. nice. So our next podcaster is the only one smart enough to see the flash drive behind the hubba bubba. It's Emily. Hold on, let me giggle. Okay. Um, um, I'll be honest, I haven't really been doing anything especially nerdy. I've been trying to teach myself Welsh again. That's, that's pretty nerdy. nerdy. Yeah, that, that's 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 nerdy. that's nerdy. I really like Welsh. I I was really into learning it for like three months, and then I got a new job, and I stopped doing it for four months, and now I'm trying to get back into it. It's not going very well. My attention span's kind of shot. I can't tell you how much I wish I knew Welsh, because every time I go through a drive-through, uh, <laughs> that person is always speaking Welsh. Uh, every day. Uh, uh. Um, I'm yeah. sorry, everybody. I apologize. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. And I'll explain it to you later. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I got sucked into Gilmore Girls because of Steven. Target audience. Target I'm, audience. It must be. It's weird because the more I watch it, the more I see like parts of my life flashing before my eyes, and it's like I can't look away. Uh, <laughs> since we're on the internet, I think there's only one sound that's appropriate for this. <laughs> uh, that's about the extent of my nerdiness. It's short. Love you all. <laughs> Are you dying? You know what, Aldo? It's oh. not important right now, okay? Oh, God. Oh. Can I have your stereo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's karma, baby. Aldo, Kimmy Schmidt, what channel is it on? I'm sorry, I'm trying to be really sensitive here. What channel is it on? <laughs> Man, I love that show. Which you should check out my review. Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> All right. And our next podcaster, you wouldn't like to see him when he's angry, but then again, you might not really like him when he's not either. It's Nate. <laughs> it's true. We had this conversation outside of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm most likable when I'm asleep. Um, I love that joke when they're like, Talking about Angley's Hulk, and they're like, You wouldn't like me when I'm Angley. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Anyway, uh, what I've been in, well, my, my geeky thing is um, so I really like The Flash on the CW, and right after it is the TV show version of iZombie, which is a great TV show. Mm. And um, it's based on a comic book that actually 
<laughs> was canceled it's, pretty early in its life. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was. It's a great comic book. It really um, is. I actually, actually, speaking of it, I have like the first three issues in my car for some reason. Do you? I do. For <laughs> some reason, uh, I, I I love the comic book, but the TV show has taken a lot of creative liberties. I mean, I mean, even the characters kind of have different names. Um, but basically, the premise is there's a girl who's studying to become a heart surgeon. She's brilliant. She's really smart. And then she goes to this party and she gets scratched. And people are taking the street drug that turns them into zombies. But it's not like this big zombie apocalypse like The Walking Dead or anything. It's like kind of today's world. you know. And um, she doesn't turn into like a mindless zombie, but she craves brains. She still needs to eat brains. So she doesn't want to kill to get the brains, so she gets a job working in the morgue in the police department. Cool. And so what she does is they'll have murder victims that come in, and she'll eat their brains. But when she eats their brains, she can, uh, every once in a while, have short visions about things that they had seen right up before they died. Oh, and she also takes on personality traits of that person. So, like, if the person is a uh, kleptomaniac, then she gets, like, urges to, like, take stuff, like, for no reason. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's one where she's an artist and she gets, like, you know, she, the, the murder victim was an artist. And so she gets, like, really passionate and she starts, like, painting mm -hmm. and... You know, but the brains eventually work their way out of her system. But while she's having these visions and these personality traits, she works with a police detective who um, is actually, uh, he thinks that she's a psychic. He doesn't know she's a zombie and stuff. So, so she works with the police department helping them solve these murders oh. by eating their brains. It's, it's really cool. And then there's also... So, so it's a cop procedural with zombies. Exactly. Here's the thing that surprises me the most about a zombie was the fact that they were able to get iZombie off the ground, but Chew has been in production hell for like the last five years. Right. And it is the same setup, essentially. Well, right. no, the difference is the one eating the, the brains in iZombie is actually dead, whereas the person eating the gross stuff in Chew is not dead. Well, well in iZombie, she's... I don't know. I, I wouldn't say she's like, well... Technically, she's dead, but the, but her partner in the morgue knows she's a zombie, and he thinks that there's actually a cure that he can help. So she's so he's working with her, trying to help her find out, like trying to trying to look for a cure. But at the same time, there's another zombie who's going around and like kidnapping homeless people or like street kids in foster homes that kind of like run out, and he's like basically getting their brains, but he's like other people that are infected. Are um, like he'll go and you know he'll infect really rich people and then Dude. they and then like he tries to get money from them. He says, "I'll provide you with brains. I'll get you the brains, but you have to pay me this absurd amount of money." Of, of money and they do it. Do do they still have the wear terrier? No, oh. at least not yet. Spoilers. Tragic. Yeah, sorry. It's a comic book thing. You're a comic book. Um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. funny because it's true. true? <laughs> <laughs> but, well, you know what I mean, and it's weird though. I mean, but like, if you're a really big fan of the comic book, uh, some of the names are changed. You know, in the comic book, when she eats, heresy, right? When, That's one of the names. <laughs> <laughs> what well, is the CW? Like. <laughs> oh, excellent. In 16 years, there's going to be a bunch of girls with, like, the name Liv, you know, like, all over the place. But, um, anyway, but she, uh, but anyway, like, some of the names are different, and, like, in the comic book, like, when she eats brains, like, she takes on those personality traits, but then, like, she loses part of herself, whereas in the TV show, like, 
the brains kind of work their way out of her system, yeah. and, and then yeah, and she's still herself. Gotcha. And then like she has a she at the beginning of the pilot episode, she has a fiance, but after she becomes a zombie, she finds out like when she's like. Well, when she's in the throes of passion, like she gets an overwhelming desire to eat him. So she's like, I, I can't marry this guy. I can't be with this guy. Because if we get physical at all, even just kissing, she's, you know, she kind of goes into, I want to eat his brains mode. And she gets violent. She, and it kind of takes oh. over, like, her mind. So there's kind of like this love drama that's going on. Because it's like she's in love with him and he's in love with her, but she can't be with him. And, you so know. does that mean we can segue into an episode of Law and Order Special Victims Unit? So I can... <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. This, right? makes, uh, this makes me a little sad because it seems they took out a lot of the supernatural elements, which is the stuff I love. Because there was the, the, the werewolf who was her friend, but he wasn't a wolf. He was a terrier, so he would turn into a giant man-sized terrier werewolf thing. Right. And her best friend was a ghost that lived in her apartment, but she was a ghost from the 60s, so she still had all these 60s mannerisms and expressions. Yeah. And it was some of the funniest things, I thought, but then again, it got canceled, so maybe. I just don't have the best taste. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's great, though. Let's move on. Okay, and then finally, I am the only one worthy to wield the hammer and sickle. I'm Brady. That was a, a communism joke. Red <laughs> Sun! <laughs> How's the seal ball doing, you jerk? Oh. <laughs> Would you say you're putting on the Ritz? Right, putting because Russia. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Alright. So, this month I've had actually a few things that I've absolutely loved. Um, recently, I got a 3DS, which I've been loving, and. Talking about incessantly, yes, yes, yeah. And. Uh, a few days ago, Steven actually lent me a game. Oh, I did! That's right! And it's Zelda A Link Between Worlds, and oh my god, That's awesome! I am in love with this game. Because, mm-hmm. basically, just to give you a little bit of background, it's more or less the same map as A Link to the Past, which is one of my all-time favorite games mm-hmm. to begin with. But just all of the mechanics that they add into it, how it's really... It's wide open. You can go to any dungeon in any order, and you can get you can go and you can rent these items instead of having to find them in the dungeons to be able to get to other places. And I actually really like that format. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I bought a DS solely because I wanted to play a Zelda game, and I didn't own any current gen uh, Nintendo systems. And this was the first Zelda game that I bought for my uh, 2DS because I am nothing if not resistant to the most advanced technology that is available. Um, <laughs> As he handles his bright pink iPad. <laughs> <laughs> I found myself actually really disappointed with uh, Link Between Worlds. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but, I, that, I mean, it's a weak Zelda game, which is still, you know, better than just about any other sorts of games Pretty that are much. out there. Um, it's got great dungeon designs. Um, Fun gameplay, the the mechanic where you can actually turn into a graffiti painting and walk along the walls, does add a lot of depth That's to the game, true. to the exploration uh, mechanic. Because it was a pun. It was a pun. So yeah, I mean, even though I'm disappointed in it, and I would have to say it's probably my least favorite Zelda game I have ever played, and that's including <laughs> Zelda 2. Wow. Um, I still recommend it. 
Yeah, I and see, maybe it's just because I love Link to the Past so much. And yeah, yeah, and I have no attachment to Link to the Past. Oh, so that, other than the soundtrack. That I, I, I have been same just here, addicted here. to it, and I've been loving it. Um, another game that I've been playing is Animal Crossing New Leaf, which the less said about that, the better, but I love Animal Crossing. Who <laughs> <laughs> plays Harvest Moon? Me? Just me? I, 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 play, I, I actually played Harvest Moon last night. <laughs> the PS1 Harvest Moon. Yes. Oh, wow. Are you, are you um, going after Karen? Or who <laughs> I always go after Karen and I never get her because Why? I'm bad at Dude. these games. Booze. I'm bad That's at it. dating. Booze. Give her lots of wine. I promise. <laughs> That's uh, sending a message to the kids. Anyway. Uh, for some reason, I always end up dating the dog and I don't get that. <laughs> That's because you're doing it wrong. <laughs> All right, and then uh, another game that I've been playing a lot of recently that is a lot of fun with more than one person, and I don't understand how you could possibly play it with. Only yourself. And that is a game called Affordable Space Adventures. Yeah, we, we played this yes. the other day. Stephen and I bit. played this together the other day. And basically, it's you have two or three people all working together to pilot a little crappy spaceship through this alien world. Mm -hmm. And it's it's actually really cool. It's for the, it's for the Wii U. And so you have one, one person who their entire job is to kind of monitor all the different systems and also see what, the, what these different robotic creatures can scan for so that you know, all right, well, I guess I have to turn off this part of the engine. Can you get through it that way? Well, maybe we can find some sort of physics-based way to get over that hump. And it, it's a lot of fun. I got to honk the horn. And that was fun. That was my role in the spaceship. That's like why my son likes to sit in the front seat in the car. <laughs> Dad, let me honk the horn! Oh, he'd be disappointed in my car. The horn hasn't worked in two years. <laughs> well, you, you can't buy those cheap novelty mariachi band horns, although. <laughs> I just turned up my radio. <laughs> And my last thing this month is I finally read Ready Player One. Ah, uh, I yeah, I, I finished reading that as well. Yeah, and it's, it's it was very disappointing. It's basically it, it's it's a book that you would think would be exactly catered to my taste, where it's it's all obsessed with 1980s pop culture, mm -hmm. video games, movies, and it's in a virtual reality world where they're trying to solve a mystery of where this Easter egg is hidden to win a fortune and blah blah blah. But the writing is lazy. And it gets away with being lazy because it it really panders to you. To, to pop culture references. It's just a long string of pop culture references but not in a clever way like Gilmore Girls. You know, <laughs> you know what? Uh, I don't want to like this on Link Between Worlds. But if you replace pop culture references with nostalgia, you pretty much describe my opinion of Link Between Worlds. But, uh, so let me ask you a question. Do you think you were disappointed, apart from the lazy writing, do you think you were more disappointed in it because of, like, the hype and because it's going to become a movie? Do you think you would have liked it more if it hadn't been for that built-up... Uh, expectations. Well, I, I don't know because I've been meaning to read it, you know, before it was popular, mm -hmm. before it was announced that Spielberg would be making the movie. Mm -hmm. And because I was told, you know, this is probably something that's really up my alley. And so I I think that I was able to be pretty pretty objective with that, but it's 
<sighs> well, it's funny when I when I recorded my Indiana Jones video, I came. I just barely started reading the book. I think I was like four chapters into it, maybe. And I told Brian, I'm like, yeah, this is kind of cool. Like, I like this. I mean, it sets up really. It's it's got a really great idea and premise. You know, um, my problem with it is it seems like all of the pop culture references stop at 1989 or 1990. And it's like Ernest Klein doesn't know anything past then. Right. Well, and it, I mean, and you know, and on top of that, I mean, because it's set in, you know, in 2044. Yeah, something 2044, like that. 2044, something like that. So, like, it's like there's been 50 years, 60 years of more pop culture that's happened, you know, and especially in advancements in video games and movies and television. Let's like, remember this criticism when we get to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, um, but also, like, I don't know, my, um, one thing I'm wondering with the film is, how are they going to get the rights to all of the pop culture? Exactly, I mean, I mean it, it references everything that it can possibly reference from the 1980s. Right. I mean, it, it's basically... All the ideas that they could think of for the Goldbergs thrown into one, right. one book. Story. Well, you know, and it's but I think if any filmmaker could do it, it would be Spielberg. And I think Spielberg's probably the only person that could do that. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Christopher Nolan. Alright, well, you know what? Let's get into the topic at hand. And let's initiate phase two. Spaceship noises initiating. <laughs> <laughs> and by that, of course, I mean that we're actually going to be talking today about Marvel's Phase 2. But before we get into the official Phase 2 films, there is an honorable mention that I think it's good for us to bring up. And that's because it is based on Marvel properties, even though it is not officially considered part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that's Big Hero 6. Or the it. Marvel Universe at all. Also known as Big Hero 6, if you only speak Aldo. <laughs> oh, uh, Eld no, oh. I'm sorry. All right. Although I can't even see him. The heroes, I see it. <laughs> so, now, just a warning, this entire podcast is going to be filled with spoilers, so we're not going to hold anything back. We're just going to go right at it. These are the biggest movies that have come out in the last three years. And everybody dies. <laughs> so if you haven't seen them by now, it's kind of your fault. Sorry. And Rosebud is Luke Skywalker's father and he sees dead people. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Big Hero 6. So what, what, do you guys, what do you guys feel about Big Hero 6? What did you like? What didn't you like? What do you think really worked for it? It just made me incandescently happy. I love Disney movies. <laughs> Incandescently really happy. Were you like sparkling? I was. She has a thesaurus open. <laughs> what? What would be that? It makes me feel good. No, I went to college. I got to learn it. <laughs> I got a degree in musical theater. I cry about it every night. <laughs> that's, like, that's almost like an English degree. Hey! Aww. It's okay. We'll suffer together. It's fine. <laughs> So Big Hero 6 was a good movie. It had, a, it had a fantastically rich and diverse characters who relied on nothing more than their own wits and intelligence to overcome problems. So uh, my, my biggest thing with Big Hero 6 is this film has so much heart oh, yeah. to it. Right. And of course at the center of that heart, you have Baymax. Oh my gosh, so, Which if your heart stops, he can resuscitate it. So I loved Frozen, but I hated Olaf. Why? And then you've got a character. We that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and the horse marketing. I, I, I'm wondering actually more the first one about loving. 
Frozen. Well, well, well that's know. another podcast too. We'll do two Frozen podcasts. Yes. <laughs> Please no. So Please now you've go. got. So now you've got. You've got a character, Baymax, who is in a lot of ways Olaf all over again. He's just kind of this ever optimistic. A uh, cheerful, friendly uh, face that just wants to give you hugs all the time. And for some reason, Olaf works. No, that's a lie. It's the other way <laughs> Baymax works. Uh, that the bullet there. Baymax works in a way that Olaf never did. And I think it's because of how integral Baymax is to the plot. Because one of the major themes of Big Hero 6, or one of the major conflicts, is Hero getting over the death of his brother. Baymax helps him through that. That's and pretty much all Baymax's goal through the whole movie. Well, it, well, pretty much. It's stated. It's his stated yeah. goal. Will killing the supervillain make your emotional state better? That's, like, the yeah. whole... Like, his purpose is to make Hero feel better. And so him being involved in this catharsis for Hero just really endears me to Baymax in a way. Mm -hmm. I, or just Baymax in a way that... Olaf never succeeded with. Right. Uh, I, and here's the thing. I know you mentioned this forever ago, was that... You could essentially remove Olaf entirely from Frozen, and you would still have the same movie. With the exception of, like, a scene towards the end, you would have the same movie. Whereas you cannot remove Baymax from Big Hero 6. If you, you guys could only see Emily's sad face right now. Well, the fact I just, that he's... I Y'all don't get Olaf, man. I don't need to, I just... You just... I, I think I just don't get Josh Gad in general. You know, so that's either. just me. I think that... Sh I think... Josh Gad is wonderful, I think Olaf is wonderful, and he makes my heart feel all warm and fuzzy, and nobody should take that away from me, Steven. And that hey, warm... hey, 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 let's just celebrate our mutual love of Baymax, and we'll save the fighting until I, after the podcast is okay. over. I do, oh, 7.30. I do have to say, one of my other favorite things about uh, Big Hero 6 is really fast, is the fact that, like, it's never brought into question of, like, is Baymax people? Does he have a soul? Is he, like, a functioning member of... It's never brought up because he's just so darn well-written and adorable and lovable. Just you him. just you don't care the fact that he's a robot. You love him regardless Dude, anyway. I, I want to hug him, and I hate touching. <laughs> but, but he's, like, so, like, not so... What he's full of know. zingers. My conclusion? Puberty. <laughs> <laughs> That's your answer to everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and just like his unrelenting, like, just this need to help Hero out. Even though he's not doing it because of any personal gain, he's doing it because that's his programming. But you don't care! <laughs> I, do have, I do have one complaint with Big Hero 6, and only one that I think is really noteworthy enough to bring up in this forum. Big Hero 6 does such a great job of, of having a diverse cast. I mean, you've got a Japanese-American lead, you've got the uh, all the different minorities that make up the superhero team. Why is the cowardly person a black man? That is such a stereotype. I, and it's it's a disappointing stereotype when every other character in the movie breaks so many of the Why isn't it a lion? That's what I want to know. <laughs> you, know you know, I thought about that too, and I actually didn't see it as a, as like a, a black stereotype. I actually saw it as a... As a not antithesis... As the opposite, because he's the biggest guy. He's yeah, he's like the yeah. biggest, toughest guy, but then he's... So I saw, him, yeah. I saw him like a cowardly lion, and I think it's almost appropriate, because he has like a mane of hair. Yeah. But, the, but the, the cowardly black man, it, it's, it's quite a stereotype. You see it in a yeah. lot of movies. But I mean, and it, was, it, was, it doesn't break the movie. I don't think Wasabi's a bad character, necessarily. It's just a little disappointing in a, in a movie where they have 
so much rich diversity. Again, so many broken stereotypes. That, like just completely averted the nerdy, introverted Japanese guy who only plays the violin. Um, like, Hero's nothing like that. He's a great character. And you've got uh, Tamago, isn't that go, her go, name? Gogo Tamago. Gogo Tamago. She's not my favorite character, but again... She is my favorite. Great character. <laughs> I'm a honey lemon guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's meant to be Hispanic. I think honey lemon is meant to be Hispanic, which she's blonde. I'm not quite sure how Well, there's blonde Hispanics. It, 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 it's not natural, but... It's, it and it's usually more platinum than it is blonde. Either, anyway, at any rate, I found the character of Wasabi to be a little disappointing. It's my only real complaint in what is otherwise one of my favorite movies of last year. It was so good. You know, my, my only complaint is it does seem like the setup to getting the team, it takes a long time. It, it seems like it's at least half of the movie in that setup. But the other thing that I have to counterpoint that is <laughs> I wouldn't remove any of that setup. It's all right. so important. Right. But but it just feels like I wish that there was more of that team dynamic in more of the movie instead of just Baymax and hero, but I love just Baymax and hero. So yeah. once again, I'm not sure they'll they'll they'll, yeah. they'll have more of the team dynamic in Big Hero Seven. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was going to be Big and Hero Twelve. Yeah. What? Big oh, Hero Six Two Twelve. Uh, math, uh, algebra. I mathed for once. I thought you were going to like land before. Time I knew there. my high school math teacher was right. We did use it in real life. <laughs> Wrongly. But it's like in real life, like. One plus one equals three because you have a, a mom and a dad and. Wait, is that how that works? Well, so, <laughs> think. So, so let's take this math here. Let's take the six from Big Hero Six. We're going to divide it by two, which gives us three for Iron Man Three. That is the weirdest segue <laughs> I have oh, ever heard. I didn't get to talk about Big Hero Six. Oh. Okay, fine. Five seconds for Big Hero Six okay. from Nate. Big Hero Six was awesome. Song of the Sea should have won Best Picture. Done. <laughs> All right. I Do you hear that? that? That is the mic dropping. <laughs> I agree with that whole thing. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> okay. Don't so moving Marcus. on to Iron Man three. Now Iron Man three. The the thing that I wanted to start talking off talking about just right off the bat is probably the biggest divisive point, and that's Trevor. <laughs> oh my god. So I remember when this happened. Um, <laughs> I, we're gonna spoil this, right? We just yeah. yeah. Okay. So the big villain of Iron Man three is the Mandarin, except it's not the Mandarin because the Mandarin is actually some like software developer who made a uh -huh. uh, computer virus that turns you into a fireman because comic books. And um, I, I, I still can't quite explain what Extremis is all about. Anyway, I don't think even they do. So uh, Ben Kingsley's character, who is not actually the Mandarin, is some washed-up British actor who. Uh, <laughs> It's completely ridiculous. It's so good. I, I, and they still hired him to play the same thing. <laughs> oh, man. Ben Kingsley is great, but boy, he does is. he slum it a lot. Um, <laughs> I just remember when this came out, I heard people complaining that the reveal that the Mandarin, Ben Kingsley's character, was not actually the Mandarin. They're like, well, what about all those Mandarin fans who went to the movie theater <laughs> to see the Mandarin on the big screen? What Mandarin fans? All 12 of them. Iron Man didn't have fans until the movie came out. <laughs> Mandarin did not have fans. Don't give me that. I refuse to believe that Iron Man still doesn't 
that thing still has fans. I don't believe hey, anybody's hey, actually a RDJ fan. RDJ has some real fans. Well, Downey Jr. has fans. If you here's read the, the comics, thing. if you read the comics, Iron Man in the comics is nothing like Robert no, Downey Jr. Here's the thing. That's why I refuse to believe Iron Man actually has any fans. I do believe that Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark as Iron Man has fans. And rightfully so. I'm a fan. <laughs> and, yeah, and Melissa's a fan. She's a fan of Anyways, but I think I, I, one, one of my favorite things oh, about this one though is it actually yeah. felt like it paid off to have watched every, like all the Avengers stuff. It it really felt like it was your payoff because you had finally gotten to see the kind of culmination of all these events and the toll that it took on Tony the PTSD. Stark. I thought was absolutely awesome. Yes. This yeah. this is a movie. I mean, I I believe you could watch it. You know, just standalone. But it, it is so much more rewarding to have seen at least the previous Iron Man movies and Avengers because it added just kind of like a whole... It, it was a payoff for having watched that. This was your reward. Post-traumatic post, you know, traumatic disorder, that's your reward. As if watching <laughs> Iron Man and the Avengers... Was it in its own was reward? It on, Iron Man 2 can be debated. We, we could probably skip Iron Man 2 and yeah. still enjoy <laughs> Iron Man 3. What happened to Iron Man 2? I don't know what you're talking about. It's like those Star Wars prequels you keep mentioning. It doesn't really exist. Right. It's just some quirk of the numbers. Hey, I, I, Iron Man 2 has Mickey Rourke's bird, and that's yes. all I care about. Oh, bird yeah, that's all bird. Mickey Rourke cares about, too. <laughs> That movie sucked, guys. Anyway. <laughs> well, you put Gwyneth Paltrow in a movie, and there's going to be something lacking. Sorry. Oh, really? Don't love you, really? Gwyneth. I oh. mean, I love you, but I just don't. No, you, you said She's not no. really that no. good at things. She's <laughs> <laughs> not that good at things. That's the most generic statement about an actor that I have ever heard. They're not good at things. I have, I have to say, this is like further extended by the fact that Emily is just... Sitting here casually folding a napkin into like a triangle. Like, she's I like folding. Not very things. good at things. As she, as she expertly folds a napkin. I, I'm pretty sure that she's folding it into a hatchet for Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> she's good at looking hot, Emily. That's all That's we she need. She has sometimes. no boobs. So you don't need boobs. I know you don't need boobs, but I'm saying she has. We, we we went over the boob comparison last podcast. I'm a female. It happens. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's she's plenty not, of males with them too. She's all right. Good looking in the face. She's just not good at things. Can I can I say how awesome it kind of was that she got to have the last the last punch? I yeah. really wanted to see more of Gwyneth Paltrow in the Iron Man armor mm -hmm. because. That would have been rad. It was okay. What we did get was okay. I would, I would love but, to like in the future, even if it's after Phase Three, to get rescue in the movies. I indeed, indeed, rescue, rescue is uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's character, Pepper Potts, in the Iron Man armor in the comic books. And Which, it would be great to see that in the movies. I was super happy they did not call it Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah, Iron Maiden would have been problematic. That would have been a terrible. I think we have to say one more thing about Excellent. Iron Man Three at least before we move on, though. And I, I think I might know where you're going, okay. and it's. Tony and the Little Boy. What the heck? How was this good? <laughs> this should not have been good. But it was amazing. But it was. This kid should have been grating. He should have been obnoxious. He should have had his baseball cap on backwards and listened yeah. to them boy bands. But no. But the greatest line in the movie is, you know, Dad's leave. Don't be a pussy about it. <laughs> and done. You know, instead of, instead of following the same lines that you get in so many movies out there of, you know, okay, I'm trying to relate to you because I also had daddy issues. But no, it was just, bad. get over it. Toughen up. Become a billionaire for Playboy Philanthropist. <laughs> 
I loved that. Love that. I Love do. That. Yeah. I do have to say that is actually one of my favorite things about that is the whole interactions with him. Probably because I don't like the little kid as much as Tony Stark kind of doesn't like the little kid, but it turns out he does. So uh, I will say this also about Iron Man three. If it wasn't for Cap 2 and Guardians being as good as they are, and as much as I love them, Iron Man 3 would have been my favorite Phase 2 movie, and it's actually my favorite over any of the Phase 1 movies except for Avengers. Emily, counterpoint. I don't really have that much of a counterpoint. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but it was not my favorite of the Iron Man movies. Is it because of Gwyneth Paltrow? No, it wasn't because of Gwyneth Paltrow, surprisingly. It just didn't do it It was because me. of things, guys. Things <laughs> <laughs> that were not done good. <laughs> I just remember leaving the theater with my then-boyfriend, who's now my fiancé. We were both just like... Did you like that? Yeah. Huh. I think I liked it because everybody liked it. No, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Maybe that's, that's what it was. Well, and I think we, in full honesty, the plot is pretty problematic. It yeah. doesn't. It does not hold up under close scrutiny no. at all. Right. Why didn't Tony Stark call for a house party when his house was getting shot at? By yes. Himself? Why didn't that happen? I don't know. Because movie runtime. Because movie runtime. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that that brings me to another point that I do actually want to bring up. And that's, you that's know, we, 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 see, we see for the first time real problems from not having a secret identity. And that's because people know who you are and they're going to come after you. That's right. Valid. I also have to say that one of the things that they're really kind of fixing for, like, that I was worried about after the Avengers was how are you going to make a movie, a solo movie, after we've seen them being a team? And it's the fact that all these things happen to them so fast. That they don't have time to like really Process react. It, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's it's how. Let me give Thor a call. Right. Exactly. He's like one day he's making a call. He's you know calling out the Mandarin. The next thing, like within hours, he's getting his house attacked. He does not have time to like be like, hey Cap, can you come down here and smash a couple guys with your shield? Yeah. And the, the other thing I'll mention is Tony out of the armor when he goes and attacks that compound was awesome. Yeah. I loved. That entire scene because yeah. it shows that really it's not he's not just the suit yeah. and you know that's yeah. something that comes up in the first Avengers is you know what are you without the suit and that's where the yeah. philanthropist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one of the greatest it's movie comebacks I think oh, yeah but but here we, we get to see that really he is a genius and he mm -hmm. can put these things together and he can actually do things and. Rock it right. out. Yeah. I, I love That's it. one thing I've always loved about Marvel comic books over DC is the fact that it is more about the person underneath the suit. Whereas, you know, DC is kind of more like, oh, here's like North America's 20th and 21st century version of the Greek gods or whatever. Whereas, I, whereas you know, Marvel is kind of like these, well, Mar with, with the exception of a few. Marvel and DC, yeah. you could easily describe them between uh, with two words. DC is icons and Marvel is legends. Where you have people that have are doing legendary things. Where DC, you have icons. You have these larger than life figures, and that's right. kind of one of the big differences. Like like you, I that's I absolutely love that about um, Marvel because you don't have a Superman character. Well, you do have a couple Superman characters. We don't right. have a Superman part of the team, with the exception of Thor. But even Thor right. has its fair share of problems. Well, you know I, that that brings me to a point. You know, you, you mentioned. 
20th, 21st century versions of Greek gods. How about Norse gods? Segway. Segway. I gave you a good every movie. I gave you a good segue, and you you replaced it with your own. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's talk a little bit about Thor: Dark World, and I, I will start off by saying it's been my least favorite of the Phase Two films. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that statement. I I don't think it's a bad movie. No, it's it's it, it, it's, it's not a bad movie. It's bad for a Marvel movie. But I wouldn't consider it a bad movie. I actually think it's better than the Iron Man 3. Do you? I do. I think it is the worst movie <laughs> that Marvel Comics has put out. It is worse than all of the Phase 1 movies. It is worse than Spider-Man movies. Um, are, I, are you I, including the Amazing Spider-Man 2? If so, get out of my house right now. I <laughs> really did not like Thor The Dark World. Really? At all. Even, yeah, I, but it had a uh, streaking Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, you say that like that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, I have to say though that the the two the I guess the sequence that saved the movie for me that I I would I wouldn't say I like okay so I wouldn't say I actually like it more than Iron Man three I said I would like them equal equally, but Thor had that really great part where like you kind of see Thor actually kind of deal with stuff and when he's not like able to be super godly when they do the prison breakout and then they have to go do the deal and you see just kind of all these things and you see the like this relationship that he has with Loki in a scope that we really hadn't got a chance to see and I I kind of that's kind of what saved it for me because I do like the Thor Loki relationship well and and actually that that's another thing that I really liked was not only the Thor Loki relationship but suddenly the mother had depth in this movie yeah. right mm -hmm. and I thought that that was great wait did you say depth or death <laughs> yeah, but I, I thought I thought that um, I'm not even sure what actress plays her, but I thought that she did a great job in this movie. I have to say, it has had my favorite line probably out of all of the Marvel movies, which is when he says, "I wish I could trust you, brother," and he's like, he's like, "Then trust my rage," and that's like Loki's thing because you know his mom died, and I was yeah. like, I was like, oh. I thought Loki was a lot of fun in Thor too. Mm. I, I really liked it. I, I think liked Loki. that Tom Hiddleston is good and Chris stuff. Hemsworth are really they're both really dreamy, so that kinda did it for what me. What did you guys think of the Cap cameo? I thought uh, it made me laugh. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It, it made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> it was alright. So what what did you guys think of Christopher Eccleston as Malekith? Awful. Absolutely awful. Here's the like Chris Eccleston. Is, he's a good actor. He's a who, great actor who does bad things. Wait, see, this see and GI Joe. Shame on you. I have never seen Chris Eccleston in anything where he was up using his full potential, except Doctor Who, and he hated doing that. I didn't like Doctor Who. He was good. Like if you don't like it, that's fine. But I think he does a. Brilliant I, performance. I job. actually, bl I actually blame him for me not liking Doctor Who because I watched that season Ooh. and I finished it and I was like, well, I feel like I wasted the season. <laughs> you need to do, you need to do yeah. that, Kenan. And well, well, well. Except the point of like the first season should be to hook me for the rest of the seasons, and it did not do that job. Malekith. <laughs> anyway, that, that, that'll be a topic for another time. I yeah. think that we will need to actually do a Doctor Who podcast at some point. What? Nerds so talking it. about Doctor Who? I know. Unheard of. How is that so not stereotypical? Anyway. But anyway, Chris Eccleston. Malekith. This is a, a story that was inspired by 
one of the greatest runs of any superhero comic ever, and it was dull. I mean, Chris Hemsworth only took his shirt off once. What am I paying money to see? <laughs> it's, it's valid. He's that, right. <laughs> I, I was not captivated by the Thor-Loki relationship. I thought it hit most of the same story beats that they hit in the first movie, um, and most of the same story beats that were covered in the Avengers, which they didn't go into as much depth with the characters, but it was more exciting to watch. Mm -hmm. Thor 2 bored me until the ending when I thought of... Any finale, like, it was basically Scooby-Doo. They go through one dimensional portal, they pop out the other, and then they pour through these different places, and Yakety Sax is playing in the background. I don't, <laughs> I don't forget the lady who got the, probably the luckiest role that from, like, a not high-paying star when he's in the subway, and, like, it stops, and this lady that's standing next to him, like, falls on him, and it's just, like, this little awkward interaction, and it was kind of the best. I have no idea what you're talking it's about. Fine. Yeah, I, I, I don't... I, I'm still confused... When in Scooby-Doo did they go through portals? <laughs> oh, it's like the Scooby-Doo thing, you know, when they're like, you've got the shot that's down the hallway, and there are like and they're six doors the on each side, right, yeah. and they run through the doors, and they pop oh, out. Oh, like, right, and then right, there's right, the right. part... That's what the finale was, oh, except it's some sort of metaphysical BS. And the part in Scooby-Doo where the giant Asgardian dog-like creature goes, chases them through the house, that was also amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> they tear off Olden's face, and it's Loki. They're like, oh, we knew it! <laughs> Guy Loki the whole time. <laughs> it, the amusement park comparison. <laughs> so, can I say I do not get why people like Natalie Portman? I don't either. I I, I can't stand her. She's there's. there's I, I think that she is a bad actress, and she's praised. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Jane Foster is one of the most. Boring, awful, obnoxious characters. To be fair, Jane Foster is not that much better in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> but Emily's trying to make a point here. It looks make like it, I'm it. biting my nails. Is <laughs> the thing about Natalie Portman is there are some movies, more of her serious roles, where she's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at it's, that. True. It's, it's true. It's true. She's a good actress. Like. Oh, Star Wars. Oh, please oh. don't. Home is that. where the heart is. Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay, I am not. I do not recommend that anybody watch Black Swan. No, but and it's really Natalie good. Portman does kill it in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I have oh. to say though, I have to agree with Br well, not the whole Natalie Portman thing because actually I like Natalie Portman. Yeah, there's okay. some things she's really good, yeah. and other things it's yeah. like the get thing off is, the screen. The thing is, the Thor movies at no point in time gave me a reason where I was like, yeah, you should go for Jane Foster instead of you know the badass sword wielding armor. Yeah, Sif. Oh Sif, yeah. yeah. not Sif. S-C uh, Ladies Viking <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying It reminds me of the old Pink Panther movie with Peter Sellers When the girl's like I went on a facade Facade Wild animal hunt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there is a good part. There is a good thing I can say about Thor 2, The Dark World Chris O'Dowd uh, I was going to say the, the Warriors 3 and Sif Like The 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 Fencing guy, yes. Fandral, yeah. and Volstag, and Hogan, and Sif are a delight. And oh, and I'm gonna throw Idris Elba in there as well, um, who was completely wasted in the first Thor movie because he just stood there looking ominous. In this, he jumps and stabs a spaceship to death. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. Those characters were fun to watch. It's I, too bad that they were not the focus. I of would, movie. I would love to see a Thor ensemble movie where you would get all of them and more chances for them to shine. 
rather than just a Loki Thor duo movie. It, the, the Loki Thor stuff felt pandering to me, and it wasn't as well thought out as I would have wanted it to be. And Tom Hiddleston didn't really—I'm sorry, guys—didn't strike me as being at the top of his game. And they were both just like sulky the whole time. And I don't watch Thor to be sulky. I watch Thor to see him go into a diner, drink a mug of coffee, shout another, and smash the coffee cup. That was great. <laughs> By the way, buddy, buddy. Get me another beer! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, cream soda. It's cream soda. <laughs> <laughs> it's Shasta cream soda. Thanks, Shasta. We'll be calling for a check later. So, I, I will say that For the Dark World did have my favorite little cameo side character, and that is because I love Chris O'Dowd, who, if you don't know, he plays Roy on The IT Crowd. Mm -hmm. As the bumbling Irishman trying to, you oh, know, up on a date with, I hated him. On a date with Jane Foster. I and, forgot that was oh, a scene in the movie. Poor Chris O'Dowd. Anyway, I just want to point out that we have a couple four-year-olds running around in the background, and they're actually more quiet than the Dungeons and Dragons players from our <laughs> last podcast. <laughs> Sorry, that's a yeah. Anyway, we are going to now take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of Phase 2, and what's coming up in this next month. Aye. Alright, and welcome back! <laughs> that was the weirdest introduction ever. Okay. Welcome back from your two-second break. We'll turn it about five minutes listening to Brady talk about his wedding. Uh, Assuming we're Hey, my wedding was awesome. Our wedding cake was donuts. It was donuts. I it, was, it, was, it was actually made out of donuts, except for, you know, the top layer was actually cake. But at, it looked awesome, and it was awesome. And we, we had an awesome reception. Do you know what my Six groom's... Minutes. Do you know what my groom's cake was? <laughs> A curling stone. That's pretty cool. I have two Utah Winter Game medals for curling. Thank you very much. Who curls anymore? I don't even curl my hair. Nobody in America. <laughs> Barely, but... Um, yeah. Alright, so let's get right back into it. Now, before we go back into the movies, I do want to take a small tangent that I know that I'm probably going to be the only one who has anything to say, and that since Phase 1 ended and we got into Phase 2, Marvel has started their TV division, which is linked to the cinematic universe. And with that, there have actually been three different shows that I'd like to mention. Um, first one is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, has anybody other than me watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? One is the loneliest number that shall ever Alright, there we go. So, here's what I will say for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It starts off, and you are immediately disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Don't let that get to you. Alright, seriously. It's, it's like marriage, Emily. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> You get really excited about everything, and then the wedding is the Avengers movie, and then you go home, and then you have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> and so, here, here's what I will say about this, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, this is you have I'm to get that. to the point in the first season when the events of Captain America 2 happen, which, since we're about to talk about it anyway, let's just get it out of the way, S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of falls apart. Yeah. And Hydra comes out of hiding. Hello, Hydra. And it is 
awesome in Ages of Shield how this is handled. And so I'm not going to, I'm actually not going to give away any spoilers since nobody else here has watched it. But seriously, the first season is on Netflix. Go watch it. Trust me, it gets awesome. Plus, season two gets into the Inhumans. It starts to introduce That's Inhumans, cool. and it, it, it does it in a really cool way. Wake which, me up when Miss when Miss Marvel's in it. Which I'm really bothered by it because I want I want the Inhumans, but I don't want Agents of Shield. And this is Marvel going. You can't have your cake and eat it too. And I was like, yes, I can. So the next TV show is Agent Carter. Which is a spinoff of a spinoff. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure also means that nobody here has seen it. I have another it. solo song that I can sing for you. <laughs> All by myself. Because you're alone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a TV guy, so apparently this is all I do is watch TV shows. And did I mention? I was all by myself. <laughs> all by myself. <laughs> so Agent Carter is actually it's actually pretty awesome. And Agent Carter, of course, is Captain America's love interest in the first Avengers movie. Yes. I mean, not in the first Avengers, in the his first, first movie. Yeah. And she is. Awesome, and Dominic Cooper plays mm -hmm. uh, plays Howard Stark, and he again is awesome. And this story goes, it's it's just really a lot of fun. It's a period piece, takes place in the fifties, and so you get to see kind of the startup of Shield before it was Shield, and it was SSR, I think. What it was called. Why are you looking at me like I know? <laughs> because I assume that it's attached to the comics somehow. Is there a tablet? Oh, that's right. I've got guys. I'm just on Facebook. Anyway, he's playing trivia crack or uh, words with friends. Agent Carter is a lot of fun, and actually, the standout character that I didn't expect is the original Jarvis, as in the butler to the Stark family, and he he absolutely rocks. The poor man's Alfred Pennyworth. Well, he's not really that poor. Okay, the other rich man is <laughs> Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> and so, then the third show that has started uh, is by far my favorite of the three is Daredevil. Which I have watched. What? I think most of us have Two watched. can be just... How's that Two go? can be as bad as one. Right. It's the loneliest number since right. the about three? <laughs> you have a song for three? Three's a crowd. Oh. So all the Three's company! company. No! no! Company too. I was like, so Aldo, have you have you watched the entire first season then? I've not the only season? No. Um <laughs> I've seen the first about three episodes. Okay. How did you not binge it? So, so I have school and a full time job? Ah, you sucker. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so so that means that you have not met Fisk yet. You haven't met Kingpin, right? No, but I do know I love Donofrio, so Donofrio. He is yes. absolutely amazing in this show. By far my favorite right. part of the show. You'll actually see Probably this weekend, if not next weekend, we're going to be doing, we're going to have our Daredevil review up, and it will be actually, John and I, we were fighting over it, so we're both going to do it. So, <laughs> it, it'll be a lot of fun, stay tuned for that. So I have a confession. Mm -hmm. For the longest time, I thought Vincent D'Onofrio and Mark Ruffalo were the same person. How? It's e it's easy that would make things so. really confusing. After, after I saw Incredible... No, after I saw Avengers... I, I thought it was went, the guy from Law & Order Criminal Intent. Yes. Like, isn't that the guy from Law & Order Criminal yes. Intent? I thought he was good. That was the guy who played Edgar in uh, Men in Black, right? You yes. The Edgar suit yes. guy? Yeah. The alien was... But, um... Yeah. I, do, I do have to say, though, that the one thing that Daredevil, right off the bat... 
has gotten so well that like I still don't think uh, Agents of Shield has done is the fact like Agents of Shield makes a point of being like, hey, look at us, we're part of the Marvel universe. Look at us, be love us too, because we're part of, of the thing and we're connected. And Daredevil's like, yeah, sure, I'm part of the family, but look at me beat up some guys. Right? <laughs> you know, you know, just like my brother. <laughs> And I think it does that so well because it establishes that it's part of the universe with like nice little nods where they're like, yeah, the prices in in, uh, in Hell's Kitchen have gone down because of the attack on New York. You're like, oh, okay, that's cool. But at no point do you ever like, is Daredevil being like, look at me, I'm part of the universe. Look right. at me, look at all these well, references I, I'm making. They, they do make uh, Captain America and Thor reference, but it's yeah. but it's like, oh, maybe you don't have like a super strong shield or a magic hammer, and that's it. Yeah. Like, well, and, and there's actually a connection between Daredevil and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in Crusher Creel. Mm-hmm. Why do they keep trying to do What the? They keep making me want to... The Absorbing yeah. Man is a character? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well it has it, a new... It, it shows a boxing because he, he fought his dad. Matt Murdock's dad was a boxer, and they boxed each other, and you see a poster... Like, and, and it actually talks a lot about the fight. Yeah. I, I yeah, believe the actual like verbiage fight, when you yeah. box some of the man is called fighting. <laughs> <laughs> good point. But, good point. <laughs> and, and in season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they actually have the Absorbing Man, Played really, really well and in really cool ways. By Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> hey, don't be hating on Mark Ruffalo. Hey, Mark Ruffalo is the best Hulk we've gotten so yeah. far. Well, and yes. I, I, I yeah. know that sounds like damning with faint praise, but he's really good. I, so, I don't know. Really I like oh, he was good, but oh, Ruffalo's better. Eric Bannon was, was great despite the fact that that yeah. movie's that a better drama so... than a comic book movie. It's well, a way it, better drama. Well, it, is, it is an Ang Lee movie. Yeah. Anyways, it's not a horrible movie. It's just not a comic book movie. It's not the whole. It's not a terrible movie. It's just not a great movie. Very feeling. Anyway, speaking of Eric Bana is a more forgettable actor than Guy Pierce's role in Memento. What? You know, he forgets. Uh, I thought you were going to make a segue. I was like really excited to see what your segue was going to be. After no, here's my segue: Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I didn't get to talk about Daredevil. <laughs> talk about Daredevil. You guys go back and forth, and I'm like, okay, five seconds. Okay, uh, Daredevil's awesome, and the thing I like about it is it's really slow moving, but it develops the characters really well. Awesome. Okay. That was that was really good. <laughs> you should do this more often. <laughs> All right. So I feel like I have to do for this paper now. I write a review, and he's like, it's too long. I'm like, oh. Let me take my book back. Yeah. Writing notes. <laughs> so, cap two. So let's start off by talking about Shield ending. Yeah, that's the thing that happened. I'm actually kind of disappointed. I hoped they were going to introduce Sword before they broke apart Shield. Oh, Sword? What? Oh my gosh. We are really, really, really digging deep now. (laughs) I like Sword. Sword is. What does Sword stand for? It's like. Who cares? These acronyms are dumb. It's, it's, <laughs> they come up with. It sounds like somebody really wanted to make it sound <laughs> to make it, it spell did. sword. It, it's it, it's shield in space. That that's that's sword. Yeah, but then they have to fight and it helps. I don't know. I'm done. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Captain America Two was awesome. It, like it, it's probably my favorite of the Marvel movies to date. Captain America 2 reminds you that Captain America is actually a superhero and not just a normal dude with a shield. Yeah, and the shield was cool and all, 
but the elevator scene. Oh, the elevator. Not, scene. Even, <laughs> not even that. The ship. The ship. Oh, the, yeah, ship, the boat. Yeah, yeah that was boat. awesome. At the very beginning, when he's like kicking I, guys off, I was like, oh, this with is so the cool. leaper, right? Well, the, the <laughs> thing that just like blew my mind was like, okay, so I saw him there. He was a normal dude, and he comes in, and he's doing all these like superhuman things, and like he's he's like flying through windows, he's breaking down doors, and then it dawns on me, oh my god, this guy can break through like steel doors on a ship, and he's throwing this shield at people. People are dying right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a probably the most violent of, or like brutally violent of the movie the of the movies. Daredevil is on its Daredevil, yeah, it's Daredevil's like, like they said, it, oh, it's a hard PG thirteen. No, Daredevil's pretty close to R rated. With yeah, I, think it's, it's, I think it's TVM. Something, it is, something, it is, car it is door, TVM, something, yeah. something, brains. Hardcore, yeah, hardcore, hardcore. Something, something, bowling ball. <laughs> so but, you, okay, you mentioned Batrock. Um, we, we did talk about uh, uh, Winter Soldier a while ago um, in our first podcast, actually. But one thing that really struck me about the Winter Soldier, most comic book movies get a lot of flack as they go along because they start introducing more and more characters and don't have enough time to do anything with all of these characters. I counted at one point, and I don't remember the, num the exact number, Captain America the Winter Soldier has like nine or ten named characters from the comics, and it does them all justice to some like they don't necessarily get a huge time to shine but they're they're there they're done well you believe them and you're excited to think that they might turn up again right batrock crossbones oh okay zola batrock zola. crossbones zola uh, of course you've got captain america the falcon you've got the uh scarlet joe widow you've got um widow. robert redford's character actually is a character from the comics but he was never that fleshed out nick fury is in it maria, you've got, hill, gets maria hill was in there Geez, I think it's even oh, more than and, that. Oh, and how about the Winter Soldier? The Winter Soldier is in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, the you got the Baron, the guy with the the unit. What's it called? Monocle. 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 I almost called it a unibrow. <laughs> Baron <laughs> Strucker. Yeah. Yes. Baron Strucker is in it. Mm -hmm. And um, Agent Thirteen, the, yes. the the nurse the that nurse. lives up the hall from Captain America, I, which has a callback. Watch Revenge. Mm. I like it. <laughs> and the thing is, like when when. When I figured out who she was, I was super excited because I was like, "That's actually one of my favorite like relationships that happens." Oh in the yeah, Marvel the Captain, the, the Steve Rogers uh, Sharon Carter uh, relationship in the comics. In the comics, she's Peggy Carter's niece, and that gets really awkward really it quickly. Does. I don't think they're going to yeah. do that in the movies. But anyway, the Captain America Agent Thirteen romance is good, and it's a little heartbreaking, and it's it's good. It's well, well done. I, and I think recently they got married. Actually, I don't know what happened because he turned into a ninety-year-old man. Right before, are confusing. right before that. <laughs> oh, oh, before that. When he was in Dimension Z. Oh, I feel sorry for her. Anyway, <laughs> Captain America 2. I have a great... Oh, wait, go ahead. Has, uh, just has a lot of characters. Does them all justice. It, having a lot of characters isn't necessarily a death sentence for a comic book movie. That's all I was trying to say. So, so I have to say, when I heard that they were going to have Falcon in this movie... Falcon! I don't think I mentioned Falcon! <laughs> no. I rolled my eyes so heavily because he is such a corny character from everything that I have seen of him before. And here, he's he's awesome. He's really cool. He, he does a great job. Was it Anthony Mackie? Anthony, yes. Anthony Mackie. And, and I love how he's just military guy who happened to have, who happened to, you know, be jogging at the wall in Washington, D.C. at the same time as Captain America. I love it how he keeps passing him. He's, like, he's like, you say that one more time! This, this is like another example of like 
of like the real world repercussions of like these events that are happening because any other situation I think Anthony Mackie's character would have been like whoa secret agents and shield and Captain America but the fact that the attack on New York happened I think he's one of those characters who's like oh Captain America uh, big whoop he's gonna beat me oh secret spies and agents Cool. I, I saw aliens attack the whole city, so what's this? That's, that's a really good point. I mean, yeah. one I, of, I don't think I realized it until just now. One of the things that I find so endearing about Anthony Mackie's character is he obviously has this really deep, profound respect for Captain America, but he's not starstruck. Yeah, he's not Agent Coulson. He, he yeah. connects with him on the level of peers. It's like, you were a soldier, I am a soldier. Yeah. We, can, we have this connection because we were both soldiers. Right. And feels very realistic. And I think, like, the whole fact that this whole thing is happening, and I think he's just like, I'll just roll with it. Here's here's a 70-year-old frozen American hero. Right. I'll just team up with him. <laughs> and I'll so survive. Sure, here's I'm a, not doing anything else this weekend. <laughs> here's a funny story about Captain America 2. <clears throat> a few months ago, <clears throat> I started dating a girl, and she was like, let's go over to your house and watch a movie. And she'd never seen Captain America 2. And she's like, let's watch Captain America 2. But the film critic and movie buff in me was like, and I could tell she wanted to make out. And she was like, <laughs> and she was like scooting closer and everything. And then like, but like, I didn't because I was like, no, you're going to miss the best part. <laughs> like, he said Stephen Strange. He said, you get that mouth away from me, Stephen Strange. Do you know? Nate passed up a make out session. <laughs> Do you realize how important this is for the Marvel Oh, we made up for it later. <laughs> <laughs> but she was like, that whole movie, I could not sit still. I was like, well, I know, I have that effect on <laughs> No, but she's, she's if like, you, if you she's can like see I cannot believe you sat through a two and a half hour long comic book movie and didn't want to make out with the girl. I was like, well, this whole story is just made more hilarious by your current do. Right. <laughs> 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 Wait, be... you, you guys can't see Nate right now, but he, the top of his head is shaved. And then when I say the top, I mean the top, and just <laughs> the top. He has it's, like... it's male pattern baldness. It's if if you I'm in the play Chitty Chitty Bang Bang right now. If you've ever seen the movie, the grandpa has like male pattern baldness. He, it's he's got I call him walls, but like the side of his hair, the side of his head has hair, and then. Big sideburns that connect to his mustache, but then his chin is shaved. Those are mutton chops, right? Yeah, mutton chops and then a shaved chin with a, in the and mutton chops connects, connects the mustache. So I look like a late 1800s, early 1900s Irish immigrant boxer in New York City. <laughs> you want some potatoes? <laughs> so, wow. My name is Clover Flanagan. <laughs> so, we have a little bit from Emily on, on this movie. Emily. Five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. It was it was my favorite. I think one of my favorites, at least. Of it had the... good stuff in it. It did have good stuff in it. There was, it had good there was people that do stuff good. They, yeah, they yeah. do do stuff good. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I don't have much to say past that other than I liked it. Sorry, guys. Okay, you look good. I'm tired. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Guardians of the Galaxy. That oh good. man. <gasps> this movie was awful. It was the worst movie I've ever. I'm totally kidding. Guardians was great. <laughs> I was gonna say walk out. <laughs> so here, here's the thing. I was captivated. By where, the where, Diesel. where Captain America two might have been, you know, the better movie for movie sake. Yeah. But Guardians of the Galaxy is the most fun movie that I have seen in years. Yeah. And 
it's it's my favorite. I I have watched that movie. I think eleven times now. It's so good, and it is, and I never get tired of it. I just giggle and smile the right. entire time, and oh my gosh! You know, I, I've heard, I've heard some people say before that Guardians of the Galaxy will be to this next generation like Ghostbusters was to my generation, right? Where it's you know that movie that is part of who you are, right? And I can totally see that, because this has a lot in common with that, with just very smart writing, just a lot of fun, great actors, playing great roles that they're all perfectly cast for. And Lee Pace. Oh, Lee Pace was great. <laughs> and, and the fine maker and awesome. blue makeup. I, um, like <laughs> I, I love it's Lee awesome. Pace. I love Lee Pace, but I think that Ronan the Accuser is the second worst villain that we've had in the Marvel Comics movies. I would agree. Like, Malekith yeah. is worse in Thor 2. He's very... But, uh, and and it's, dis it's disappointing, though, because Lee Pace does a good job of imbuing this character with some real menace. Mm -hmm. The problem is, these are characters like Star-Lord, Groot, Rocket Raccoon. You're not going to menace these people. They don't give a flying <laughs> crap about how scary your sand is right. when you get sand thrown on your naked body. Nobody cares in this movie. <laughs> I, I actually, and it's really disappointing. But, you know, that's the thing. This movie is not about the villain. It's, it's not about Ronan. I agree. Uh, 100%. And that's why it's, it, it's so great. It's because it's around this core team and just all of them are so different but they're so perfectly cast, and let's talk about Chris Pratt for a second, because Chris Pratt turned from that guy that I love in Parks and Rec to a superstar. And a babe. With this right. movie. It was like Too overnight. He turned into a babe. I, I think for was, me, Chris yeah, Pratt was like, oh, sorry, was, was the most no. uh, surprising part of the whole movie, because until this movie, I had never heard of him. He had never been on my radar. I had not cared for the name Chris Pratt until this movie. And I still kind of don't. Um, <laughs> but I think he did a super excellent job in the thing he did. Well, I just... With Chris Pratt, I mean, he was, he was really funny. He's really funny on Parks and Rec. He's, he's one of my two favorite characters in Parks and Rec. He's yeah. saying a lot. Who's right. your second he, he, favorite? Well, he can't, he can't ever beat Ron Swanson. Right. No one can. Ron Swanson loves him. But, you know, but, I mean, with Chris Pratt, I mean, with him doing Guardians, when I saw Guardians, I was like, oh my gosh, he's like, he's great, because, like, he can be an action star, but he can still be funny and goofy, but like, you know, now that we've seen, well, we haven't seen Jurassic World yet, but with the previews and stuff, the way he looks like, you know, when you saw him in those, and now that, you know, Disney's kind of has this, there's this whole rumor going around that he might replace Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones when Harrison Ford can't do Indiana Jones, like, I can actually see that. Bring it on. I, I could see that, he, he and has it makes that, sense. He has that quality that Harrison Ford had, yeah. which is you can be an action star, and you can still be funny and charming, and mm -hmm. that's something Chris Pratt has. has. I mean, he right. never lost it. Chris he, Pratt as, as Star-Lord is probably the best casting in a Marvel movie since Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. Right. Yeah. Like, really. He is right. Star-Lord, and again... There were no Star-Lord fans at this time last year. <laughs> there they were no exist. Guardians of the Galaxy fans. Nobody. Well, there were Guardians of the Galaxy fans because well, there was yeah. a pretty pretty good run of Guardians of the Galaxy a couple of years ago right. um, at Marvel Comics. That's still going, I think. Yeah, it probably is still going. Um, yeah. well, well, they're definitely still going well, like, now. Well, right. like, up until recently, they still had their original uniforms, and because of the movie, they've all kind of switched over to Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they all now have their own single ongoing book. But yeah, um... Guardians of the Galaxy have been made by this movie. 
and characters that nobody heard of, nobody cared about, couldn't have cared about because, my goodness, a talking tree is ridiculous. The world's all already of a for sudden, a talking tree. All of a sudden, had these huge fan bases because mm -hmm. of the performances put behind them. Uh, Vin Diesel has so much versatility with the way he says, <laughs> I am Groot, over and over again. Mm -hmm. I'm not, that's not meant to be a joke. It's not no. funny. He, I love Vin I know! There's, there's, so there's something, there's something I, I, it's a rumor, it's like a myth, but there's allegedly the, the Groot script. Like that, um, who's the director? Richard, uh, Gunn? Gunn, uh, Gunn? James Gunn, right? James, James Gunn. That he, he has the script with all of Groot's actual lines mm -hmm. that uh, Vin Diesel received. And he's like, these are your lines, now say them like I am Groot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he yeah. went through and every line. He recorded he, a thousand different lines. Well, he also did it in like seven different languages. Yeah, right? yeah. He, and he did the four languages. He's so multi-talented. Like, I can't. Uh, I love Vin Diesel. Emily can't even. I, I really can't. <laughs> Can you odd? So uh, What? Odd. No. I think that one thing that this movie does excellently that I actually touched a little bit on with Iron Man 3 is this movie will zig when you expect it to zag. Yes. In, in other words, mm -hmm. you know, you have, you have situations where... All of a sudden, you have Star-Lord wanting to do a dance-off. Right. <laughs> as, as a distraction. No one expects that. It comes absolutely out of nowhere. So which, good. you know, of course it catches Ronan and the Accuser off guard yeah. as well. And it, this movie does that so many times. Like, even just, even just you know, when he's, when he's talking to Drax, who Drax is amazing yeah. as well. Um, but when he's talking to Drax... You know, the first time that he's really meeting Drax, and he goes, you know, you can, you can find Ronan and, and, you know, slit his throat. Right. And does the action, and Drax doesn't get it. I mean, that whole scene is just examples of zigging when you expect a zag. And it, it's awesome, and that's, that's one thing that I think makes this movie so unusual compared to everything else out there that has come out recently. Right. And and then, the, you know, they have little jokes on, like, tropes. My favorite scene in the movie is when Star-Lord gives them the pep talk and they all start standing up and then Rocket Raccoon's the last one that stands up and he goes, there we are, standing in a circle like a bunch of jackasses. <laughs> I, I do have to say that, like, so my one, like, biggest critique of this whole movie, I keep moving the table around, um, is this, to me, felt like the darkest Marvel movie we've seen. I think, and it compares pretty, in, in level of, like, how dark it gets, I think it compares really well to Captain America 3. Because... More Captain America 2? Two. Yes, two. Yeah, because we haven't that, seen the third one yet. Well, three is probably going to be pretty Civil dark, Civil War, oh man, that's going <laughs> to be Yeah, that's a... No. Anyway, well, um, but like, it's the, it's one of the darkest, because we have five heroes who are technically not heroes. We have murderers, we have thieves, we have bounty hunters, we have just a, a brute and murderers. We, this is our group of protagonists. We have a stone that tears people apart from the inside. We have a Cree, a religious fanatic who's going to wipe out a whole other race because of an old war. I think we more have people, these... yeah, yeah. I think more people die in Guardians of the Galaxy than in any of the other Avengers movies, except for possibly the Avengers. There's mm. the, the yeah, one scene where I was like, "This is surprisingly dark," and I don't think anybody's seen it as dark as I am. Is when the ship is coming down and the the Nova Corps makes that shield. Oh yeah, and then they all start. 
all the ships started exploding, and you're and people are like, oh, they're breaking through. I'm like, people are dying here. People are dying. <laughs> and, and and there there are some some darker notes that just kind of hit you out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, you know, drunk rocket talking about being genetically modified. Being genetically modified. I always forget about that scene. And it's it's pretty good. I mean I, I have this argument sometimes with some people in my family because we always talk about superhero origin stories. Um, I have a sister-in-law who watches superhero movies because she loves her husband, my brother. Um, I don't know that she really has a, much of a reason to watch it other than that. And sometimes I'll have this argument with her, and she says that superhero movies need to have the origin. But really, Rocket's drunken rant is as much of an origin for him as we need. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to see the experiments. No. Right. I, now we know where he came from. That's good enough. It's a thing where the idea is definitely much more terrifying and much more emotional than actually seeing it. Right. I think if I was to witness like a, a Rocket Raccoon origin movie, I think it would take some of that horror out. Because I imagine, you know, he talks about being ripped apart and put together, ripped apart, put together. Mm -hmm. And that in of, in of itself is pretty terrifying. And to think that he might not have been like a normal raccoon, he might have had normal consciousness to begin with. Right. It's just this whole other thing because he's not a raccoon. He's an alien race that looks like raccoons. Um, <laughs> a raccoon? What's a raccoon? It's what you are. But, but, but you have like all these really dark things and then you have Star-Lord making references to Jackson Pollock paintings. Right. And they just... And you, you just don't realize how dark it is until you like go home, you sit down, you're like... That man was going to kill an entire planet because of religion. And darn near succeeded. And darn near yeah. yeah, exactly. It is, yeah. Ronan had the potential to be... I'm uh, going back to Ronan, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ronan had the potential to be a great character. Yeah. A lot of that, again, was Lee Pace's performance and his voice. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, his voice was so good. I, it, it, it breaks my heart that he was used so poorly in this movie. If I wouldn't have known that he was going to be Ronan before the movie, I wouldn't have recognized him. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. so I didn't really know who Lee Pace was. So and my sister Watch had, Pushing Daisies. So, <laughs> so, so my sister had never seen Guardians of the Galaxy, so we saw it. And then the next week, I went to go see Battle of the Five Armies. Mm -hmm. And I came out, and I was like... Eh, the, the Elf King looked like really, like a little familiar. I was like, I, I think I've seen him in something else. And I went home, got IMDb. I'm like, that was Ronan. Yeah, <laughs> that was Ronan. Right? <laughs> I love Lee Pace. <laughs> so Emily, what are your thoughts on this? Apart from I love Chris Pratt and I love, love Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and that was um, good. The soundtrack was. Stellar. Yeah, which I think Obviously. is a character in and of itself. Best use of the Pina Colada song, which is <laughs> a terrible, terrible song. It's yes. horrible. But it was used to great effect in yes, that movie. Yes, it was. I Mark loved Gable. all the characters. Um, and the most important part of the movie, obviously, is that Vin Diesel's a part of it. So, yeah. you know, I'm pretty I, set. I do have to say on the characters, <laughs> on the characters front, I really... I, I personally don't like Zoe Sunlogan. Like, at all. Why? I, she, oh, I love her. She's beautiful. Oh, I love her. I, she's hot. I, her, her episode of Comedy Bang Bang was hilarious. Yes. Man. <laughs> I watch that show. I anyway. don't think. I don't think wait, she's wait, terrible. Wait. Uh, another Comedy Bang Bang fan? Yes. Woo! I don't. Oh, I don't it's hilarious. I don't think she's yeah. terrible, but I also don't think she's good. As far as acting? Like, or? As, as a person in general. <laughs> she certainly. I don't like her. I, I think we, we talked about Guardians in our first yeah. podcast again, and I think I made the same point then. Gamora is. Really underwritten. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, that, that, just that tinge of of origin that we get with Rocket, we get it with Gamora, but it doesn't work. Yeah. It's so overshadowed by everything. Yeah, and, and, and especially with Gamora, it's like 
We know why Rocket acts the way he does. We don't really understand why Gamora acts the way she does. And it's... It, it doesn't quite come up in the origin. She's been a good guy this whole time. Doesn't really fit with me when you're being raised by who's someone who's basically yeah. the devil. And it's, and it's one of those things where, like... As much as I don't like Zoe Saldana, I actually like the character of Gamora quite a bit. Um, so I was actually just really bothered that, like... I'm not bothered by the way she's written. I'm bothered by the way that she didn't really get to shine. Because when you're in that cast, yeah. it is really hard to like outshine or a shine she with any She of those should people. have been. She's Zoe Saldana. She is a bona fide superstar actress. She should have at least been able to outshine the wrestler who's uh, the outshine movie, Dave Bautista. Should have been able Dave to do Bautista. that. Yeah. Did not happen. Which, oh, right. which should Dra happen. Drax was my biggest surprise with this movie. Yeah, which yeah, I, well, I did not expect to like him because, you know, I've seen Dave Bautista try to act in other things and, uh, But, oh my gosh, do I love Drax in this Nothing movie. Nothing flies over my head. My reflexes are too quick. <laughs> I will be with a Russian accent for some reason. <laughs> so, I bad at accent. So talking yes. about, sorry, just real quick, I just, just interject this and I'm done. Um, Drax, who is not a wrestling per, like character at all, is being portrayed. It was portrayed by a wrestling actor, who now has his own solo comic that is being co-written by a wrestler. Well, that's right, CMS yeah. Punk. CM Punk. Is CM Punk. Weird. I don't know his name because I don't watch wrestling. But SMS yeah. Punk. SMS Punk. SLC Punk. Microsoft Office Punk. <laughs> XL Punk. Um. No, CM Punk is uh, co-writing a Drax solo series. So That's right, I forgot about he that. He is the Punk? last and final member to get his own ongoing book. So now you have Guardians of the Galaxy and five other titles to read. Good. <laughs> awesome. Uh, another character that I do want to just do put a slight, you know, emphasis on is Yondu. Well, great. I'm, now this podcast has to go for 30 more minutes because, oh my gosh, Yondu! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yondu's like... That is the best way of... Um, so... But most, I think we've all, yeah, we're all theater people. So, so, you know that theory of the gun? of what, what is it called? Chekhov's yeah. gun. Chekhov's mm -hmm. gun. He is the perfect example of that because so many times we get that hint of like his, his arrow and his whistling thing. Mm -hmm. We get that little hint and it's hinted at us so many times and then they fire the gun and it is probably one of the best scenes in that whole movie. It's crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, Yondu is an interesting character because in the comics... It's, isn't he basically just like... Space Hawkeye in the comics. In the comics, the character of Yondu is basically your noble warrior alien, mm -hmm. which we've seen. Mm -hmm. yeah. We have seen so much. We have never seen borderline psychopathic alien Hick. <laughs> Merle in space. Oh, it's 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 a wonderful twist. Uh, the character I love. I'm actually a pretty big fan of the original Guardians of the Galaxy because, mm -hmm. and it's nostalgia. I had some of their yeah. comics when I was growing up. They're characters from the 31st century that are trying to uphold the legacy of the original Avengers. There's a guy who somehow still has Captain America's shield. Wolverine is still running around somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> you it, know, me healing powers. It's, it's a really confusing, bizarre mess of a comic, but I kind of have this attachment for it. Yondu was boring. And Yon, movie Yondu is not boring. Mm -hmm. He is a delight every time he is on screen, and if he is not in Guardians Two, he will I, be. I know, but if he's he not, but if he's not, I will cry a little bit, and I will consider very briefly not seeing the movie. You know, but I will see it anyway. You know who I will not cry if they're not in Guardians Two? It's Nebula. I was just kind of no. Ooh, that's, uh, that was that was my disappointment. It's not necessarily the character. Hey, she was in Selfie, Brady. Is, selfie. Well, oh I actually don't really really like Karen Gillan. I have a crush on her. 
And you won't watch Doctor Who. I know. You need, okay, you can't have a crush on her unless you've seen that song. Yeah, unless well, you see her as Amy Pond. And here's the Amy thing, Pond, she's at her. I've, I've seen her in person, and that's all I needed to see. I like listening to her talk. It's kind yes. Of oh my gosh. I have, Anyways. I have a suspicion that given more time, Amy Pond, Amy Pond, excuse me, Gamora, could be... Flesh, uh, Gamora. What the heck is the character's Nebula. name? Nebula. 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 The, well, Nebula's got the same problem Gamora has. She's underwritten. Yeah. I um, honestly think that what we saw of Nebula was an origin story. I un- it wasn't. We don't. Uh, we have even less of an understanding of Nebula than we do. Of, yeah. Well, I, no. Okay. I. But I, but I changed think, my mind. I think we have enough of a setup that if she was to come into Guardians two, she could hit the ground running. I changed yeah. my mind in the middle of the sentence, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because as I was looking at your face, I was reminded of the scene. Where Nebula gets all mopey when Thanos mentions that Gamora is it's his, his favorite. favorite daughter. Yes. Right. Uh. That scene right there is the most characterization we get of Nebula, and it's good. Yeah, but it's, it's also the most characterization that we get of Thanos. Yeah, uh, true. <laughs> so they're, they're they're building. It. He's so a Chekhov's gun. So I've read an article that's talking about Thanos. Like he's supposed to be the big bad of the Marvel universe. We are now like half a billion movies into this franchise. <laughs> Eleven. Same thing. 26 and hours. Thanos has not won once. He's gone after like four of these Infinity Stone things, has none of them. Well, Every single agent he has sent into the battlefield has failed miserably. He is no closer to achieving his goal than he was before we even knew who he was. To, it, it's, it's a little silly. To be fair, part of this whole thing is that we haven't seen Thanos do anything. Yeah, well, that's part of the problem. Well, exactly, but that's also part of that whole... It's kind of like Merle, where we kind of never saw him do anything, and when he did something, it was like, wow. And I feel that we're getting that same setup you, you where did, we're you like... You mean Yondu? Yeah, well, what is it? You said Merle. Merle. <laughs> it's the yeah. same guy. Same hick. The <laughs> he just has blue makeup on. The difference, though, yeah, is that difference. at least when Yondu was on the screen, even if he wasn't necessarily contributing directly to the plot, yeah. he was entertaining to watch. Thanos has not yet been entertaining really, to watch, yeah. except in that very first sequence where we saw him at the end of the Avengers. That was cool because it got all the fanboys going, ooh. But It also got all the fanboys going like, do I really know who Thanos is? How am I going to explain it to all these non-nerd guys? Oh, Thanos is, is easy. He's yeah. in love with death, and he collects these gems that turn into a glove that lets him kill everyone. Yeah. That'd be what's simpler than that. Gives him godlike powers. <laughs> All right. Last thoughts about Guardians of the Galaxy. It's excellent. good see it, because it's good. Personally, my favorite of Phase 2. It, yeah. It's way up there for me. I don't know if I can say it's my favorite, but well, dang, you're talking about, it's definitely the most entertaining. You're talking about the... the uh, the soundtrack to it. There's actually, you can go online and James Gunn actually has uh, Awesome Mix Volume Zero, yeah. which is music that like he used to pump everybody up on the set, <laughs> which is really cool. What I need is the actual Awesome Mix Volume 1 that he, that he gave to Chris Pratt. Oh yeah. That has the, I need to know what that whole thing is. Right. And um, <laughs> my favorite song of the soundtrack is not... Uh, hooked on a film, which is actually great. I love how the music like was specifically chosen. But my favorite song was Cherry Bomb. Yes, oh yeah, walking, walking down the hallway with you know rocket adjusting. Yeah, this is the most iconic scene oh, yeah. of the movie. Oh yeah. Well, it certainly tells you what these characters are about. I, I and they're about yawning and crotch grabbing. <laughs>
Yes. Ah. <laughs> this is probably like half the people watching the movie. So it's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, before we leave you, we want to just go over, you know, very briefly what's actually coming out this next month. <laughs> this month in video games, we actually don't have all that much. It's Splatoon. That's exactly what I yeah. was going straight to, which is one of my most anticipated games, period, um, is Splatoon, which is a game on the Wii U. It's Nintendo's first shooter that they've made, and it is it looks... Amazing! It's an online squad-based squad-based shooter where you play these squids who are trying to cover the who are trying to cover their actual, you know, the level in ink. And basically, the whole point of the game, or at least of one of the modes, is that whatever team has the most ink, you know, has marked the most territory wins. <laughs> Yeah, I'm that, this, on a game where been... dogs walk around a park <laughs> <laughs> and mark their territory. And, 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 and of course, you shoot, you shoot the other guys. You can travel really fast in the ink and hide from, you know, and you can hide from people while you're in the ink. But you can only travel in your own color. And there's actually just a lot of really cool things about it. I encourage you to look up more information. Other than that, oh, also, uh, it's not a whole game, but. Uh, Mewtwo is now officially released as DLC for Super Smash Brothers. Yes. So, uh, oh, I was gonna say uh, with Splatoon, it almost looks like Call of Duty mixed with uh, the Blob. It looks like Call of Duty made for the actual audience that buys Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> no, but did you ever play the Blob? The Blob is one of my yes. favorite oh, games. Oh yeah, yeah, on the, the, one, the one where you jump and you paint. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah, that. Yeah, uh, Splatoon looks like a mix between Call of Duty and the Blob. I think. Um, of course, like... I can't wait for Jin for Arkham Knight. Just yeah, but talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about that next month. <laughs> so that that's really all that there is for games. Um, for movies, Pitch oh, Perfect well, Two. Hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. that's the movie everyone is looking forward to. Right. Yes, that's why we. That's what this podcast should have been. Green Bay Packers, everybody. Actually, we should spent two hours talking about Pitch Perfect. <laughs> Actually, can we make a podcast about musicals and just talk about Pitch Perfect? Can we talk about how I think Anna Kendrick looks like a cartoon rat? <laughs> Anna Kendrick, but I love Anna Kendrick reminds me of my last girlfriend, and in a way that is meant to be entirely complimentary and not like a rat. <laughs> she, she, remind, she would be a great cartoon-looking rat, I think. Well, rat two and two. So anyway, of course, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Everyone's going to see it, so I'm sure that you'll see it too. After they see Pitch Perfect 2, of course. Um, I'll tell you what I'm excited Priorities. for for the end of May is Brad Bird's Tomorrowland. Oh my yes. I'm excited oh, for Tomorrowland. Well, I, so good. I am such a huge fan of Brad Bird. I mean, everything that he has put out, I have loved, including The Last Mission Impossible, which is probably my favorite Mission Impossible. Yeah. It's saying a lot for me because I love the first one. Yep. Second one, hate. Third one, it's pretty good. Philip Seymour Hoffman did a great job. And J.J. Yeah. Abrams directed it. But, yeah. I, uh, I still love the second one, I just, even though it's... I, I still love the action sequences. And it's John Woo. Come on. You got doves at the end. Like, yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. Anyway, so uh, another movie that's coming out that I kind of wanted to get your guys' take on. I don't know if you've watched trailers for it, but Maggie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So for, for those of you who don't know, Maggie is a zombie movie uh-huh. starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh-huh. That is more of a family drama than it's a zombie movie. Yeah. That's correct. 
where basically it's, you know, there's a zombie virus where people slowly turn into zombies over, I, I can't remember how many weeks, Yeah. but um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter is infected, and so she's going to slowly turn into a zombie, and he wants to protect her from the government killing her early. And so I encourage you to watch the trailer. If it's up your alley, go and see it. It comes out on May 8th. Um, another one that I really am excited for is Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> because from all the trailers, it captures the feel of the early movies perfectly. For sure. mm -hmm. Which, I, I'm a sucker for Mad Max. Plus Tom Hardy is always great. Right. Yeah. Except for when it talks like this. Yeah. We miss John! <laughs> I can't do the Bane voice. But anyway, so... And if you want to see a movie that I'm sure will have a Rotten, you know, a Rotten Tomatoes rating of, oh, 3%, San Andreas comes out. <laughs> Not based on Call of Duty. Or, I mean, uh, Grand Theft Auto. God, where's see, my head? I really knew that. Come on. I do know things. If I know things... She knows things good. <laughs> I got a million things going through my head, okay? But not GTA. So, right. comic books are coming out this month, as yeah. they always do. Which, I mean, I'm just going to get this out of the way real fast. If you're not reading uh, Miss Marvel or Spider-Gwen, I don't know what, what, what you're doing. There's not, there's not much more we can really recommend. I right. mean, we've talked about I mean, Miss Marvel I, every yeah. month. I mean, and honestly, right. if I was going to recommend anything based off of the podcast that we're talking about, I would recommend picking up... The latest run on Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a great introduction to the characters. Mm -hmm. It sticks a little closer to the movies, which if you're a, like a fan like Steven is, I don't know what your thought is. For me, as a person that hadn't really read Guardians, it was kind of nice. Um, so I would recommend picking up those uh, those trades or those collections, those paperback books. We're also getting the start this month of Marvel Comics' new event, which is called Battle World, which is their first Infinite Crisis or Crisis on Infinite Earths style rejiggering of their universe. Yeah. Um, noteworthy because it's giving some creators this chance to run around with this playground of characters that uh, don't normally get used in this way, so they get to try some fun things. They're doing. There's going to be a miniseries on Planet Hulk, which was a. Uh, uh, event that happened a couple years ago that was pretty interesting. It was pretty good. There's going to be... Oh, it was pretty good. Yeah. The first time I've ever said that about a Hulk comic. Um, Last time you are going to say that about a Hulk comic. <laughs> <laughs> they're revisiting Inferno, which was a big X-Men event. Um, they are giving a team of Lady Avengers their own comic in A-Force. That comes out well, of this we month. Well, I guess they're not technically Avengers, but we also had the Fearless Defenders. Oh, yeah. That, that was... Yeah, that they're was the thing that happened group. as well. You are correct. Um, but that's a Defenders, technically, so that's a different right. Meanwhile, the universe rejiggering continues over the DC side of things with, uh, what do they call Convergence. that? Convergence. Convergence, which is the 30th annual rejiggering of the DC Comics which, continuity. Which is like, so in case you don't understand, if you go to a comic book store and you're completely confused by all these Convergence titles, they're mostly one or two issue stories where they... Where people get to write about the good old days and different types of heroes. You know, back when people actually cared about what was going on in DC Comics. Oh, did I say that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like Ooh. yeah, I, I yeah. have opinions about DC Comics. But anyway, you've got uh, solo series for uh, Harley Quinn, for Batgirl, for uh, the Question. You've got some Flash stuff. I mean, they're having a time. 
playing with these characters that are no longer really in continuity, but the creators really enjoy them, so they're they're getting to revisit them. Holy cow, Parallax has a story going on. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. I'd like to read that. You mean the ugly yellow cloud from the horrible Green Lantern movie? Oh, no, we'll have to talk about Parallax sometime. Get out of your own house, <laughs> Don't you Parallax bring Parallax is awesome in the comics. You know what, though? I think, yeah. I think that the Green Lantern movie does have some that redeeming qualities. Uh, you can do, do a 20-minute yeah. podcast about that one sometime. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I'll, I'll just get this out of the way really quickly. I am not a fan of DC's recent movie offerings. Uh, but I'm sure that we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. 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 I just wish they would remember that we have a thing called color film now. Also fun. Fun has been invented since the... Yeah. 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 That's a <laughs> thing. And, and, and here, here's another pro tip. If you're going to, you know, let your trailer leak, you probably don't want to do it on the same day as Star Wars. <laughs> just saying, you know, just putting that well, out there. Well, at the same time, you don't really get to choose when your trailer leaks. So that's then, true. Uh, that's yeah. a, <laughs> if your trailer leaks, well, I think there's one thing that we've learned from Marvel Comics is that if your trailer leaks, blame Hydra. <laughs> if your trailer leaks, take it to an auto mechanic and fix it right up. I think I think we should end. Each of us takes five seconds and says which of the upcoming Marvel movies we're most excited for. All right, I, you know, oh, I, I agree with that. So here we go, rapid fire, Stephen. It's Captain Marvel, guys. It's Captain Marvel. That's that's it. Aldo. Uh, Guardians of Galaxy 2. Alright. Emily. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Just say Guardians of the Galaxy no. 2. I, I, I vote out. I opt out. I, I will. Just say all of them. Uh, yes. <laughs> Nate. All, all 14 of them, Stephen? <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm, I'm really excited for Ant-Man. I can't wait for Ant-Man. <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm excited for Ant-Man because I love Paul Rudd. I do too. Mm -hmm. And I... The trailer where the Thomas the... The train engine. train engine. Yes. Like, and they're like having this big old fight on it and then like it crashes and then it like zooms out and it's just like boop because it's a kid's room. I think Nate exceeded five seconds. Sorry. Oh, awesome. <laughs> All right, Ready? and mine is Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah, Doctor Strange. Eh? Oh, especially with uh, with Benedict with Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch is yeah. Doctor like Strange. Him. All right, thank you. All much. right, and that's this month's podcast. Uh, make sure that you like us on Facebook, comment on all those statuses that we put up because we try to have fun with it. Um, and of course, subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already, and you're just listening to this randomly. And watch our reviews. Um, Woo! On youtube.com slash reviews versus the world. Maybe you should not mumble when you're saying her name. Uh, ah, we better. Ah.